0: And we were just like having a moment with these mushrooms...
1: Oh, and welcome back to Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah and I'll be joined by my sister Rachel. And in today's episode, we debrief Rachel's time visiting another country in Europe and get back to my life in Colorado. As usual, please check out our Instagram at Booted Sisters for some pictures to accompany your listening and enjoy the episode.
0: Hello. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> good. Um, okay. So you just got back to your apartment for the first time in like weeks, right?
1: Yes. I just got back to my apartment after just about three weeks, like I think maybe a day over three weeks um, of being gone. So it's nice to be like getting settled back. Um. I can't really. So the last time we talked, I was in Pennsylvania, like kind of in the middle of my East Coast trip. So yes, to talk about that, but real quick, I guess, just the adjustment to getting back to Denver. Um, I was worried that like my car would be gone and all these things that I get worried about every time I leave for more than like a couple days, um, uh, with like my apartment, like sure. that I'm just going to walk in and my apartment's going to be flooded or something like that. So yeah, it yeah. was, um, it was great. There was really no drama. I, um, swore I like drove a couple, I did something with friends last night and I drove a couple people home which was like a good excuse to get my car moving again. Cause I hadn't like touched it since I got back. And, um, I had looked at it to make sure that it was a, in its spot and be not, there was like a hailstorm I think the other day. So I was like in my head like, windshield was going to be destroyed when I got back all these things. So I had like peeked at it, but then I get in the car and turn it on to drive them home. And I had like only two little notches of gas. And I was like, dang it. Like someone stole my gas because I swore I had gotten gas before I left like I swore I had done that are you and sure it, <laughs> I'm it absolutely did not happen I am not sure at all I definitely didn't have my gas <laughs> <stolen. laughs> not a chance but that was like my first. <laughs> I was just so positive that I was turning on my car and gonna see full bars but it was just too I was like oh man <laughs> like you got got it. like my it's easier like, to be sure <laughs>
0: yeah it's easier to be angry at some stranger than it is to be angry at your past so
1: yeah well and I was like I'm gonna check my like bank statement to see when I last paid for gas because I just really thought I had done it and then I was just like well what like the solution is the same no matter what I just need gas like I can't even even if someone stole my gas I can't dwell on it but uh, like what do you do open file a police report like no you just got (laughs) (laughs) got but, um, I definitely don't think that happened. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there's a 0% chance that that's real. I think I just did not get gas before leaving. So (laughs) that's on me, but it was bizarre because it's just, it's just like weird to every time I walk back into my apartment after more than like a week, I smell it again. Like, you know how you don't know your smell, but it's not my smell. It's my apartment smell. Like this is the smell that this apartment has had since I toured it. And I always think that like, it smells like me and I got rid of the natural smell, but then when I get back from a trip, I'm like, no, this definitely has its own smell. (laughs) This is is it. Um, So I hate that, but then I just like get used to it and like candles and stuff like that. So, oh. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Last time you had the can or I had the candle and you didn't, now you have the candle and I don't.
1: Yeah. Should we tell people about it now that we've officially said it in the recording or should we still keep it? Our the candle?
0: I thought we've already told people about it.
1: No, I, you started to say it one time and I cut you off because I wanted um, it to be a secret. <laughs> all right. Well then it's a secret. <laughs> no, no, no. I wanted it to be a secret until it was like, it had stuck. I feel like it stuck. Do you feel like you like it? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll I know just say I'm <laughs> literally
0: like, I like have that smell right now, even though. Oh, that's the perfect. Candle are, yeah. Yeah. Literally.
1: Okay, so we're keeping all this in, and I think that the listeners may have guessed what we mean by this by now. But Rachel and I decided, like, I can't remember when it was. We had been recording for like the podcast had been going for a bit, and then I had this yeah. idea. Um, We have a signature scent. <laughs> we got the same candle yeah. that we both lis- like listen to that we both light while we <laughs> record, and so yeah. we smell the same thing. It's sounding so familiar now that I'm saying it out loud. Like I know why you think that we've said it on air before but it's just because we've like told special people secretly (laughs) well welcome to secrets corner yeah this has been a secret in the middle of my update but anyway i had forgotten to light it until i just talked about lighting candles and reminded myself so now it is lit.
0: no Um, i'm a big fan it definitely sets the mood and gets me in the podcast kind of headspace Um, yeah good call on that i need to order more uh, candles from that company um anyway okay so yeah on the last episode we probably talk. we talked mostly about like Sam's graduation. Um, yeah. So what else do you, did you do, um, besides that event, um, with your time on the East coast?
1: So I honestly did a lot, like it was a really good visit because a lot of people came to that event. And so we got to see a lot of people, but it's, you know, always hard to catch up like one on one with people in that kind of a setting. So I probably said this a lot, but, um, The next weekend when we recorded, I was in Pennsylvania, like near Philly, visiting our aunt and uncle who live out there. And so Sam and I went there and Josh met us there because he's nearby. And we literally just played games and ate food for like 48 hours straight. It was amazing. It was Uh, the dream. um, Yeah, it really was. It was great. It was exactly what we wanted to be. Great to get some quality time with them and really fun. It was the holiday weekend though. So we hit some traffic coming back, but that was just inevitable. So it is what it is. Um, and it was fun. You know, it was a quality driving time with Sam, I guess like we, we, it was not like I was sitting in the car alone for that. So that was nice. We listened to a lot. Oh my gosh, Rachel, we caught up on the jukebox, the ghost podcast famous that we've talked about on here, Sam and Ooh, I did. Yes. And then we listened to the always sunny podcast and we realized, like what a mashup that would be <laughs> like oh, those oh guys gosh, should yeah. all meet each other <laughs> like doing yes. this back-to-back was really funny because we were just like oh my gosh like that anyway it was just like really silly like I don't I feel like those are probably the only two three male podcasts that I listen to so <laughs> well
0: uh, and jukebox lived in philly for a while they were based out of philly for like the yeah that's years. true um so they could definitely that's where the the picture of them moving the the piano comes from was when they left dc to move to philly um fun fact so <laughs> yeah no that, that'd be a great crossover i'm down
1: did you listen to the let live and let ghosts part two episode
0: i did oh my gosh i loved learning so much more about like their writing process and yeah Everything that went into, um, you know, the inspiration behind their songs, and then like they recorded the album off of Tommy's
1: National Park money. Like, yeah, yeah, a lot of good nuggets. Yeah, the like car thing. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was my favorite.
0: (laughs) I really thought station wagon was just like the right number of syllables, and they it was just their funny thing because I knew that they had done that when they would go to like family festivals and stuff. But like the fact that it has like Mm -hmm. a very specific meaning behind it is so cool. Yeah.
1: Okay, and then my favorite thing that happened, Sam and I, our minds were just blown. I feel like they were talking about it like it was an interesting tidbit, but it was like so much more mind blowing than that to me. The waitress that um, Ben ran into that was like you're from the ghost (laughs) what are the odds and she was in their music video as a child like that was just insane it was just a great tidbit from the podcast everyone should listen but we looked up that music video because immediately sam and i were like we have to watch this now that we have this in our heads it's gone it ceases to exist from the internet or at least oh boy from our like quick investigating while in the car so we haven't done like serious digging but i don't know sam's 18 she would have found it in like two seconds if it exists yeah (laughs) I don't know. They should know that and should not reference it on a podcast without a disclaimer of like, don't try to look this music video up. It doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I'll well, keep digging future. Sarah might find it for us, but, um, anyway, this is not a jukebox of Ghost podcast. I just had to throw that in because that was how we spent our time in the car. It was great. Anyway. So yeah, that was, that was that week, the holiday weekend, which was kind of the middle of my visit. And then like throughout the week I was, I was still working for mom and dads every day. Um, so I was like pretty busy throughout the week, but with like hang out with people sometimes in the evenings, like people in town or, um, just hang out with Sam. And then the next weekend I went up to Arlington. We did the going away party for one of my friends and we, uh, it was just like a really fun DC night out. And like, um, it was fun to get some quality time. I stayed with Devin and Oliver for a couple of days. So that was really nice. Um, and it's then like
0: old times.
1: Yeah. It always is. When I stay with them, it's so fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oliver and I got a lot of GeoGuessr in that well actually not as much as we should have but we did get some quality GeoGuessr in we yeah
0: nice I've been doing uh GeoGuessr I'm, I'm tired of not having like a concept of the map of Europe so I've been doing yeah. GeoGuessr to memorize oh, all nice. the, the, like the just the geography around and like try to get better on flags and it's helping so far
1: nice that's smart Uh, That's the only reason I have a general sense of where a lot of countries in Europe are, and I still am not that good at it. So,
0: um, you at least know what their
1: domain names are, and like, yeah, of course, what their street (laughs) signs look like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was fun. And then, so then I just had like a week left of, um, I just like, I really did see a lot of people. Like I was making a list of all the people that I got time with and I don't think I finished it. Like it was, it was very long. So it was just like such a good visit. Like it was weird being gone from Colorado for this long, but I'm glad I did that long of a visit. Cause I really got some good time with a lot of people. So yeah, it was a great visit. It was, I feel like it was really well-timed. Like I'm really happy to be back in Denver and get back to things. And like, I've got so many, I've got a lot to plan (laughs) for, for the next few months. And it's like a little bit overwhelming, but it's one of those things where once, like I've been looking forward to and planning this Virginia time for so long, um, that now that's the thing that's behind me. I just kind of like march on towards the next thing. So I have a couple of people visiting me in the next two months and I'm like really hitting the ground running on planning those visits. Um, and then just everything else that's to come later in the year that we'll reveal later, but, uh, lots on my mind, but it's very comfortable to be back in my apartment and yeah, it's fun to see people and get back into the swing of things. Your remote
0: work situation makes you like a turn of the century, 18th, 19th century, like wealthy,
1: oh like Uh, how person from England yeah like you (laughs) you like we're gonna we're gonna pop in for a visit I'll be there for two
0: months (laughs) exactly yeah 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 you like have these extended stays and then like come home and it's your turn to host like it's it's very um upper class of you yeah
1: (laughs) it's very homely (laughs) um yeah it's also like I feel like I don't think I talk enough about work on this podcast that if somebody doesn't know me, like, listen, they probably would not think that I had a full-time job because I really behave like my full-time job is moving about and traveling and just like being on vacation. (laughs) And the the thing is that a lot of things that like should be vacations, like I pay for a plane ticket and I go to a place. They're not necessarily vacations a lot of the time because I am usually working, but um, yeah,
0: relocation
1: yeah, While but it's also just work, yeah, yeah, but it's a nice balance because that in between doesn't necessarily exist for a lot of people, nor did it exist for me in the past. And it's not ideal. I'd rather not work, but then I would never work and I would not make any money or be able to afford that type of a lifestyle. So obviously, like you know, have to work. But, um, yeah, I don't know. it's been it's been a really interesting phase of life. I keep like pausing and thinking sometimes about like how long I feel like this will last. and, depends on a lot of things, but it's just been like really fun. And it is not a a life I could have envisioned a few years ago. And it's been like a nice,
0: yeah. Like when it's not even an option, you, you don't even have. Yeah. How would I have envisioned that? Yeah. 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 What's it like working East coast hours on the East coast instead of working East coast hours central?
1: So you'd really think that I would be such a morning person um, first of all, I'm not in central, I'm in mountain time. So this is something maybe I haven't talked about on the podcast, but probably, but I live in Denver, so it's mountain time. So it's two hours earlier than like East coast time. Um, but when I started my job, I was on the East coast and I basically just asked them if I could continue working the same hours when I moved and they were like, sounds good. <laughs> they, nobody really even notices or knows <laughs> that they, no, they know, yeah. but they don't notice that much. Um, so I do, I work seven to three in Denver basically. And I'm glad for that. Honestly, if for no other reason, which I have lots of reasons, I like that, but if for no other reason, it's because then when I go back to Virginia for three weeks, for example, I don't have to work from like 11 to seven, like that would be the worst, honestly.
0: Um, Yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah. So that part's, so I'm very used to the seven to three thing. So you would think that when I go back to Virginia, I wake up at, you know, six and have all this time in the morning. And then it feels like five is really late, but it just feels kind of the same. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I just like still wake up like with as much time before I've kind of always been like that. I only, I can be a morning person if I make a like requirement for myself, (laughs) but like, I'm not going to wake up much earlier than I need to. I will always wake up with as much time as I need. And so anyway, I pretty much just shift back to what I used to be. It's, it's very interesting. I just shift back and forth. I always say that I have chosen jet lag and live my Denver life on an East coast schedule. That's not true at all. I stay up late in Denver too. So it doesn't matter.
0: Interesting. And I bet like in summer, it doesn't feel as different as switching back and forth in the winter when you have um, a much earlier sunset and everything like that. Yes.
1: That's actually a very good point. When I did that in December, the nine to five, after being used to seven to three, it was actually a lot harder because it was dark when I finished working. So this time of year, it's just kind of neutral, I guess. Like It was fine
0: um my next question as you're talking about your summer plans and you have people visiting have you brought your bread to every state that borders Colorado or well no okay we talked about Montana so you still have to get Montana
1: um Montana but, does not border Colorado but
0: <laughs>
1: what oh got Wyoming and then Montana <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah wait yeah. I need to get on GeoGuessr um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Montana is pretty honestly, very far North of Colorado in terms of what we're used to. I have really had to adapt to how big the States are around here. (laughs) Um, no, anyway, to answer your question, I have only gotten bred into Nebraska and Utah and there is, um, Kansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona, and Wyoming left to get bred into. So not even close. Um, Colorado, yeah. All right. I'm opening up <laughs> a map right now. <laughs> this was a better question is, than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's all like, I can't even get close to talking to you like you're stupid because I learned all of this like as I moved. I was like, yeah. where where is Colorado? <laughs> what is anything? I would I, not have guessed Oklahoma. It's the panhandle handle that does. By, it. Oh my God. I think I could get like maybe like a 60% if I free drew a US map now depending on the parameters, like obviously not super specific lines, but in general of knowing which state's border, which I could get, like, I could get it pretty well right now, but like my spacing would be really off and whatever. So apparently when I had not even considered living in Colorado yet, My understanding Uh of the entire Western half of the country was so, so off. I didn't, now I can at (laughs) least name all the states around here. I didn't, I don't even think, I think I always probably would have forgotten two or three if I were to have to name them from memory.
0: (laughs) Okay. So my question was going to be, do you have space? um, And would you be interested in adding any of your border states to the bread map this summer? Or is that just not going to be a priority?
1: It's not going to be a priority, but I do have interest. The problem is that those road trips, the Utah road trip is a good one, but I've already done that. The other ones aren't necessarily the... there's just so many good like road trips within Colorado. So particularly if I have a visitor, that's mm-hmm. what I would be doing. Like Colorado, yeah. kinda... Colorado isn't prettier than all those States, but the drivable distance within Colorado for me is way prettier than the drivable distance to those States without it being a massive road trip. So uh, um, yeah, I've been wanting to, for a long time, kind of pop into those States. I'm actually shocked. I didn't last summer. Cause that kind of was going to be a priority for me last year, but I do think I will get Wyoming this summer.
0: I'll say okay. that. <laughs> and uh, that looks like the closest one. Yeah. It's not it that just far. pop up to Cheyenne. Um yeah. and there's some kind of national forest up there that <laughs> could work for some yep. scenery.
1: This is literally how cool. I behave, Rachel, when I'm like, when I first got out here, especially or like when I'm kind of planning for the next few months of like, where do I want to go around Colorado? Like what you're doing, looking at a map, zooming in, like what's near here? What kind of, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I will say <laughs> one time I got, I got popped in Cheyenne in Geogasser. People have told me like Cheyenne isn't like... The, it's not a very exciting place to go you know back to the point of like there's there's really fun places in Colorado that are worth your time and going up to Cheyenne isn't necessarily based priority so I've heard people say like yeah it's fine or whatever uh but I got put in Geo in Cheyenne one time and I was like wow I don't care about going here at all this looks very boring so <laughs> Cheyenne <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we'll <let's> see <laughs> um,
0: oh man well, keep us posted on the adventures of the bread. I think that's not something we've discussed enough, but if we could post the, the bread map maybe with this episode. Yeah, maybe I never posted like it
1: before. That. Yeah, I will say I literally have made zero progress this year, not a single new state. And I... Which might
0: be information that I knew and maybe why I brought the question up, Yeah, yeah. But...
1: but I, yeah, my priorities have been very far from... I've barely even baked bread at all this year, honestly, but we'll get there. I'm very grateful for the effort you put into the podcast
0: and I think it's been such a wonderful thing to develop, but I would hate for it to be your replacement hobby <laughs> and just send bread on the wayside. Like I don't I don't think that's appropriate. So we do have to hold you accountable. Um, and this I goes mean, out to everybody who's listening.
1: <laughs> Life is about balance. There's no I feel pretty comfortable saying I probably will not get back to the rhythm I had with baking in 2020 um, and 2021, actually maybe even more so early 2021. Um, I don't see myself getting close to that rhythm again. And I don't, I don't find that to be sad. I I lived that and I honor that. And I'm so glad to have had that phase, but life's different now. We'll see someday I'm going to move out of this apartment and I might have a kitchen that's more fun to bake in. And that will honestly be the kicker. There's no reason that bread and podcasting should even be interacting like the, There's, this is not getting in the way of my baking. That's not the problem here. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, Tori, here's an opportunity for you to uh, take over.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tori is taking over shout out, Tori. Um, her, she posts about her bread journey and it is far surpassing mine immediately. So big shout out. I want to eat your bread. <laughs> Honorable mention to Emerson. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Okay. So that is quite enough about me. Uh, We have some stuff to talk about with you. You have been traveling, so. I have. Yeah, you You posted a teaser about this and I think you did reveal where you were on Instagram, so.
0: I did, yeah. Um, Great participation from everybody. Um, Dana, oh my God, your guesses were so great. Like she was picking up on all the clues and really piecing it together and she got within like 20 miles. Oh my Um, gosh. Ultimately, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. let's play
1: GeoGuessr together, please. (laughs)
0: she would crush um yeah no just one one tiny little channel separated dana from the truth um but uh yeah so as of when this episode airs i'll be done with this trip but i am currently in lisbon that has been really fun but the trip that we're going to debrief today was from a couple weekends ago um to Tallinn, estonia which, um, I didn't really know anything about until I moved to Europe. Um, and now I've been there and it's really cool town. (laughs)
1: Um, okay. Before you get into it, first of all, I'm just like psyched to hear about this because I don't know anything about your trip there. And I don't really know anything about Estonia either. Um, so I did a tiny bit of, Things Sarah learned about Estonia from the internet that we can do later Love after it. you talk. Um, if it doesn't already come up, but then I remembered that, uh, they went to Estonia in the bachelor this season. Okay.
0: I was um, literally
1: thinking that as I walked around, I'm like, I bet this would
0: be like accessible enough and like still interesting enough for batch. It felt, it felt like a vacation. Yeah, so I feel yeah. very validated.
1: That's funny. That's really funny that it just independently entered your mind. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because I just want to hear about your trip, but I want to say what I'm most excited to hear about as my only Estonia education being the bachelor, what I'm excited to hear about from you is a full picture because what they did in the bachelor is they painted a picture of Estonia being like very old timey To a degree that felt like almost like they, they definitely talked about some traditions that I, um, found in my research as well, which is part of what reminded me that they did that. So I'm sure that they, that part is like tasteful and it's cool to see traditions of, of places, but they like only showed stuff that just seemed so ancient and not in this century. And it just felt like a little bit, um, overemphasized if I'm being honest, but again, I've never been, so I'm excited to hear. Like your perspective on that, and if like the Bachelor was correct to make this seem like it has not advanced to the current exactly oh because <laughs> I think that the answer is no. And I, I mean, they didn't do that. It's not like they didn't have bathrooms or something, but like they just only showed stuff that was like almost disrespectfully, like cartoonish. You know what I mean? I think it's probably uh, hard. Yeah, it's probably really hard to balance like showcasing cultural um, things of a place you go to without making it like oh, we're in Scotland, so we're going to only show people in kilts or something like that, for example. You know what I mean? Like, It's probably like hard to balance that. So I'll, I'll just stop there and I want to hear yeah. what you have to say. <laughs> so uh, right off the bat, what I was the most
0: fascinated with was the combination of influences in this tiny country. So it's a very small country um, at various points. It's kind of morphed with the other Baltic states of latvia and lithuania um especially latvia being right there um but what it is now is as much it's it's a pretty small country with um several islands but what it struck me was that it, it wasn't any one thing it was kind of at this crossroads in europe where it could have so many different influences so um yes having not seen that that trip that bachelor trip i do understand what you're referencing and that is one component of it Um, but very very limiting in terms of like the rich influences that have developed this culture to only focus on that point of it. So essentially being so far North, Estonia was one of the last, what in the time would have been called like a pagan culture, um, one of the last places to get Christianity. So some version of Germanic peoples came up um, to kind of convert them, And, of course, take their land and and benefit economically off of it. Um, But they brought Christianity up to Estonia, which was kind of the first, like, European influence, um, especially kind of like a northern European influence on the area. And for this, it it never really had, like, a proper kingdom. And that would be a trend for the centuries to come. It kind of, like, was taken over by a few different uh, regional empires or regional influences um but in terms of like an estonian monarchy or, or estonian dynasty there was never really like a formal setup like that um there were there was like a big guild culture in a proper medieval fashion a lot of like coming together of of economic powers collectively um but in terms of an actual like estonian kingdom political structure they didn't have that they were ruled by various regional empires were a republic for a little bit, um, got taken into the Soviet Union for a while until the fall of the Soviet Union, which leads us to now um, as like their democracy. So that's kind of interesting in European history is They're one of those few states that they had something of like a dukedom for a little while, but they were never really had their own like kingdom of Estonia. Um, they were very they seemed a little more collaborative and collective and they just cared about being able to kind of prosper economically together. Unless um, it was like, Oh, it is my birthright to rule this nation or whatever. Um, But yeah, that, so they do have like this old town, which is really where I spend most of my time built in the 13th, 14th ish century timeframe, like a walled medieval city. Um, very medieval Europe feeling right. With, big towers and like a lot of the structure still remains. And so within the, it's called Old Town, right? Within those city limits, cobblestone streets, a lot of really old architecture, churches that are centuries old. And you have these like touristy restaurants that boast like a medieval menu and all of their employees are dressed up in medieval attire. So if that's like what you're picturing, then they just shot in that district. Right. And that's, that's, you know, that's not inauthentic. Those are actual streets, actual structures that have been around for centuries. And, and it's amazing to, to think of one place being that old um, and still standing. Right. Um, but that's not even the first impression I got. Um, Cause the airport, um, it wasn't that far away, but it was like you come through, more of a modern city on your way from the airport to Old Town, right? So, big buildings and, um, oh, you know, not like super tall skyscrapers, but tall ish, definitely qualify as skyscrapers. Um, and it's a big naval town, it's a port. So, lots of shipping and places for cruise ships to come docks. So that's more of like the first impression I got before I even arrived in Old Town, just coming from the airport. And so, if you're only focusing on like, this idyllic medieval village <laughs> has been standing for like a thousand years and it's very limiting all right sorry yeah that's been a while what, what you got
1: <laughs> no all good um I just wanted to say that was such an incredible intro to Estonia I think you like did such a good job teaching me the history because I briefly googled it and didn't learn all that history so that was like super interesting so thank you um listeners let us know if rachel should have a history podcast
0: um we but know at least one listener who wants me to <laughs> don't have two podcasts in me i'm sorry
1: but that is super interesting because they for sure shot in that area that's 100% what happened in the bachelor um, yes absolutely And, but they, you would never have guessed that first impression. So that's really, I feel like you're painting a really vivid picture. So thank you. This is, I I do want you to keep going. (laughs) Well,
0: and even like on the drive, I was struck. So this is the first country I've visited that was a part of the Soviet Union. And so I was even struck, this isn't by any means like the dominant vibe throughout the city. Mm -hmm. it's, It's a built up city, modern city, but there were certain parts along that road there where it's like, it felt very gray, very uniform height very drab soviet interesting feeling buildings and that was one of the first impressions i got coming from yeah. the airport into the city limits um and then you see more of the like vibrant architecture closer to the waterline and then you get to old town and it's this charming medieval feeling but that was one of my first impressions was like oh this was a soviet state so there's just a whole lot of directions you could take it and it's not misleading to say that it's a charming medieval town um because like I said that's where I I, you know I was only there for one weekend and that's pretty much where I spent all my time and you can happily spend your whole time in old town and see so many great things um but that's not the culture of Estonia that's not the whole history basically as the Germans I'm going to just keep talking about the history because I find it so fascinating as the Germans were coming from the south eventually Denmark which was kind of one of the heights of its naval empire at that point um Denmark came in and pinched it from the, like, northwest, so they got, like, the islands, and then the Germans were coming in from the south, so then that's kind of when, like, Estonia was no longer independent, um, and so it's been ruled by kind of, like, Germany or whatever version of the German collective at that point, um, was sort of in the Holy Roman Empire days. Then the Danes, when like the Danish naval influence was big in, in northern Europe. And then kind of when they were settling out from that, they kind of joined up with the Swedes to kind of rebel against uh, Denmark's influence in the region. Really famous rebellion there, but that kind of created a vacuum for Russia to come in. And so Russia, Imperial Russia, had control of them for a couple centuries And then their Republic era, they were able to kind of free themselves from Russia for like a little bit and form their like Republic of Estonia. And then that rolled right into the Soviet Russia. So the Soviet Union took over for quite a few decades there. And now we have Estonia as it is. So it's it's just really fascinating. And it says a lot to a lot of the just like turnover in political dominance by different countries at different times. In Northern Europe, because we talk about it a lot, you know, I'm in Portugal right now, right? So we talk about it a lot in Western Europe, Portugal was one of the first empires, Spain came along, then it was UK dominant for a while, and we get into 20th century and it's Germany. So we're pretty familiar with all that. But there's a lot of that similar, like passing along, you know, we are economically Viable right now, which is turning into military power, which is turning into regional influence. And then we burn out our economics and somebody else pops in on the cycle. That was happening in Northern Europe as well, between Norway, Denmark, and Sweden, especially, and then Russia as well. So Estonia was never like the country that took over the region, but they could kind of align themselves at different points with different empires there. Anyway, that's that's way more. That doesn't have anything to do with my trip. But like I (laughs) said, I didn't know anything about it. So I really dove in as much as I could with the museums and just like reading about it as much as I could while I was there. And it's just fascinating.
1: So did you do any of that reading before you got there? Or was that all while you were there?
0: It's pretty much all while I was there. They have a really good history museum to get into a little bit of my, my nice. debrief, yeah, that one. It's it's a branch of the Estonian History Museum. They have different branches um, in in a couple of the cities around the country and different places. But this was the the Tallinn branch of this uh, Estonian History Museum, and it's in this this big old building built in like the 16th century. It for most of its life had been the Great Guild Hall. So it was built as a, it wasn't like a residence for any one person. It was like the, the headquarters of the guild. And for people who are familiar with guilds, right? Usually that would have been formed along the lines of a certain profession, right? So um, you might have like blacksmith guild or merchant guild, right? Like different professions. But this one, um, it wasn't specific, one profession it was more just like a socioeconomic guild so like the wealthy people of influence within talon formed a guild and was almost somewhere between a social club and and kind of like a council it had a lot of political influence in talon but it was a, it was also like a membership-based thing and it was kind of exclusive to get into it so um that's the building that housed the history museum so part of it was talking about the history of the guild itself the history of the building had like a basement area and then grant hall Um, But it also did a really good job of going into the history of Estonia, which is where I learned a lot about the different influences that had taken over Estonia at various points in its history. Um, And then that got me just kind of, you know, searching articles and reading a bit about it to to really provide the context. So great museum there. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. Nice. Um, Well, and I'm trying to think of what other really medieval things they may have done so far. I mean, Certainly all of the, the countries I've been to in Europe have their medieval histories, but I haven't have focused on those histories. So I think being literally in this walled section of the city built in the 14th century, like it was really easy to like kind of focus yeah, on that. Yeah, it's in your face I'm, a little bit. Yeah. 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 And um, certainly in MTV or or what is it? ABC or whoever <laughs> finishes The Bachelor's days.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's The Bachelor on MTV.
0: Um, okay so I went to that museum and then from there I wanted to go to the KGB museum and I'm really disappointed that I didn't make it in but um, evidently at least this time of year it's so it's a guided tour and I guess they only have one tour a day Um, and since I was there on a weekend I was competing with all the Baltic cruise ships that were pulling in (laughs) no shot (laughs) Nope, not a shot but it's really cool it's in it's like the top floor of an old hotel and so the history of this hotel it still exists as a hotel but the history of the hotel and the reason the kgb museum is there is because that was the only hotel that foreigners were allowed to stay in in Tallinn during the soviet union the kgb wanted to make it easier to spy on everyone so that was the only option. <laughs> oh my gosh, make that yeah. a reality show. <laughs> oh, so that's the that's evidently, like I said, I didn't make it in, but evidently that's the theme of the, the museum <laughs> that's, that's so on the top shameless. floor.
1: That is so funny. Yeah.
0: yeah, like God. So if I ever end up back in town, I'll I'll try to get my tickets ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really excited, like I said, because this is it's not like every country you go to is gonna have that kind of history to it so yeah i I do plan to to make it to plenty of former soviet states so i'm sure there'll be similar opportunities um okay i went to a museum was in one of the old churches it's no longer an active church it the impression i got so like i said mixed influence right protestant takeover i guess it probably started catholic right catholic versus pagan then protestant um, but then Russia came in, so Eastern Orthodox. Um, so a lot of balancing within different Christian denominations. The impression I got was that towards the end, this was mostly a Protestant Christian church, but they made space for Eastern Orthodox as well. It was a little unclear, but that's that's ultimately what, what I understood to be the situation by the time it was done, You know, came to the end of its life as a church. So it's no longer an active church, but it still has, you know, a beautiful, large, open cathedral and organ and um, a couple of like side chapels, but it's got a really high bell tower. So as a museum, you get admission to go all the way up to the bell tower look out over Tallinn out uh, into the harbor and everything. It's really, really gorgeous view of everything. You can see the wall all around Old Town because, you know, it's, it's within Old Town, Um, and some of the the really iconic um, towers on the wall and and, like the castle up on the hill and that kind of stuff. Um, And then you go to the main chapel area, main cathedral area, and it has like an art collection. And the main exhibit is, um, you know, those like three walled folding in altar pieces, Hmm. Um. I'll find some pictures that we can post with this. Mm-hmm. Um. But there was a Estonian artist who, throughout his lifetime, had you know he traveled to Italy, I think France, and maybe Denmark. And he was like a pretty influential European artist, but he was from Tallinn, and he did those altarpieces of Christian art. So they had several of those on display and then a few other collections like old pieces of silver, silver dishware, that kind of stuff. They also had really cool like crests, you know, like, um, like a family Mm -hmm. crest, like big ones, you know, um, that could be hung on the walls and stuff. But what was really cool and and, and, and it's got, you know, nice stained glass and stuff like that. But what was really cool was that um, they, they have an organ and I just happened to time it with them when they they do like really chill recitals, just a dude just playing an organ as you like walk around. It's like not like this big concert, but it's just like certain times of day, they're going to have some kind of recital, even though it's not an active church with like religious services anymore. So it was kind of, kind of cool to have that in the background as not like walking around looking at these art pieces and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: that's cool.
0: <laughs> but unfortunately it got, it must've been, it must've been World War II, but I, I didn't realize that fighting had gotten all the way up to Estonia. Um, which is surprising, but it did get the the church itself was pretty severely bombed. So a lot of it had been restored, which was the opportunity to make it into a cool museum. But that was the Church of St. Nicholas.
1: So you said you went to that history museum and then you went to this museum. Was that like, were you just mu- like museum to museum or did you do anything else kind of as a break in between?
0: Well, I had tried to go to the KGB museum in between right. <laughs> and then um, unsuccessful. So I went and like chilled, got some coffee for a little while. and then Gotcha maybe I, I think this may, this was either right before or right after dinner. Um, so yeah, I did like take a break, but it was my museum day. So yeah,
1: that's fair. Um, I'm just surprised by your museum stamina. I don't know how often, and when I have, it's probably been with you, but how often I've done even multiple museums in a day. Cause it can be tiring and you don't want to like oversaturate, but you're very good at museuming. (laughs)
0: i think part of it was just pure fascination with this city right yeah 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 but i do think mixing up this is quickly becoming a museum
1: podcast but, um <laughs> lifelong learners so yeah
0: the um the history museum is going to have a lot of information to digest i would classify this and we'll not even me google and Every tour guide classifies the Church of Saint Nicholas as a, an art museum, so mm-hmm. I didn't even really read a lot about that dude's history. Like it sounded like it, but that was literally just the wave tops that I cleaned yeah. from like reading the highlight of the first paragraph of his little blurb. I didn't read the details. I wasn't really going over looking at the description. So I think that's where I get my reset. If I'm doing multiple museums in a day, is it like maybe for the ones that are focused on history or, you know, really explaining a topic, I will tune in more to the knowledge piece of it. But if there's something else that's just like a heritage site or an art museum or something, then I'm just kind of looking around and taking in what stands out to me and just paying attention enough to understand what I'm looking at, but not necessarily caring. Well, not caring, but learning as much about the the history of it. So yeah, definitely was not as like hyper-focused on reading every word in the church of St. Nicholas. Yeah. The next day, a lot of this was it's old town is not huge. Um, It's like comfortably walkable. So a lot of this was literally like walking around, taking the architecture. There's like so many cool little like archways to get from like, Basically, with, with the with the old town Walden medieval area, there was like a lower part and then like an upper half, and there were a lot of really cool little archways to get from one half to the other. So, some like some of my time was literally just kind of like circling the whole area and getting getting a feel for for this wall and life within it would have been and how to get from one area to the other. Um, so it was fun to just take in the architecture and everything. But the next day, I went up to the top of the hill, um, which is where. The Russians, not the Soviets, but the Russians in like the 18th, 19th century version of ruling Estonia, really put their palace and a public-funded, which they made a big point of saying, public-funded cathedral. So this one was like proper Eastern Orthodox architecture with the very like Russian-looking, I don't know what the proper term for like the little ball domes. Um, Again, we'll put a picture if you picture the Kremlin, it's like that kind of architecture, right? Okay. Um, very Eastern. And it was this beautiful cathedral. And Greece is probably the only other place where I've seen, I mean, obviously we have Orthodox churches even all around the United States. Like it's a global religion. But um, in terms of just like walking around the street and seeing uh, Orthodox churches, Greece is the only place that I can think of that I've been. But this was definitely like the distinct what you read about in. in elementary school um orthodox like art being like you know with like the gilded art inside in contrast with uh roman catholic and western european christianity kind of like statues and stained glass it was like it's very gilded and the candles were different and everything but um, it was a beautiful cathedral so looked at that, walked around the palace grounds a little bit and just got the view from the hilltop there.
1: Nice. That's yeah.
0: Nice. Those are most of the activities. Yeah. So do, 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 do. I guess we can do bite sight memory now. Yes.
1: Well, wait, before bite sight memory, can you tell us like, without revealing maybe your bite, like just a little bit about the food? Cause I don't know anything about the food here.
0: Yeah. So I've been to Denmark and it felt kind of similar to the cuisine there first of all they're both big enough cities with enough tourism that you can have a lot of different cuisine there right so um i was in the mood for indian curry my first night and i found an indian place and got curry and didn't feel bad about it because it was what i was craving and i got it, it was delicious so yeah, you can find like there were a bunch of kebab places, you know, you can, you can it, Italian places, whatever you get, you can find a lot of different food in terms of Estonian food. It's like partially an archipelago, right? A lot of islands, big seafaring nation. So there's a good amount of seafood. And then one of the things that's like, well, first of all, one of the main things they provided to the Soviet Union was vodka, big vodka culture there, which I didn't really get ah, too into. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, is it pot- wasn't proper potato vodka? Yes. Okay. Do you know so. that vodka yeah. fact that like most vodka is corn? Yes,
0: I do. Okay. Um, I think but- that like
1: proper Russian vodka though would be potato pretty much always. Right. I, I don't know. If yeah. ever, future Sarah can talk about vodka. Well, let's move on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I filed that fact away, but it didn't make me want to drink vodka, so I didn't. But another big thing that they produce is rye bread, and let me tell you. Wow. Very simple. Just like a nice piece of rye bread with butter was delicious. It oh, was, I it thought was you were so going to say something
1: negative. Sorry. Wow. No, I'm no, no, really no.
0: I mean, it kind of feels dense to me, but mm-hmm. flavorful and good. Dense so bread two... isn't
1: necessarily bad. Like some of the best yeah. bread I've had, I would describe as dense.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's very fair. Ooh, I'm going to- Maybe just coming from Southern southern Europe, it just felt different. I don't know. But
1: okay, can we yeah, pause so right water here on is... the bread? Yeah. Um, I just Googled Estonian rye at recipes and found some sourdough. So this is going to be back to the bread- portion of this podcast this is going to be a push for me to finally make rye sourdough because I've never done it and I, that's ridiculous so um thank you for mentioning this I'm going to do it this is
0: yeah this is a very good episode for affirming sourdough. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes bring back <laughs> so
0: yeah seafood and then I don't know I don't look at like a breakfast of northern slash like nordic food and really think yum you know <laughs> kind of uh, a lot of pickled vegetables like you know and it's that yeah, not, yeah. not any of it is bad it's just you have to be in the mood for it yeah. so i'll admit that i wasn't like super in the mood or really motivated to like just spend all my time eating estonian food or any like call the balkans call it nordic whatever like those northern sea european states I haven't it's weird I haven't been like huge into seafood since leaving Japan I think I just had a lot of seafood in Japan and I like Japanese seafood and like the rest mm-hmm. of the world <laughs> so yeah I I didn't like prioritize eat. I did have some Estonian food and like I said the bread was dope um and the butter was so good but we'll get into my best bite which was like in a like modern Estonian restaurant that we went to but I I wasn't going out of my way to like like I didn't go to any of the medieval restaurants to eat yeah. medieval course of food or anything like that yeah um yeah that's fair Cool. Yeah. Best Buy literally had like dreams of this after the fact. So met up with some friends. We went to that, like I said, a modern Estonian hip restaurant, whatever. It was good. And not a lot of like vegetarian options. I got, what did they call it? Like the game of the day, like just, just game meat. So I'm not even sure (laughs) if it was like venison or or what the game was, but um, some sort of hunted meat, I suppose. But they were like meatballs and they were fine. But with it, mashed potatoes with, like, a mushroom ragu on top. Ooh. And, oh, my God, it was so good. Like, like there was, like, six of us there and three of us all sitting on the same side of the table all ordered the same thing. And we were just, like, having a moment. With these mm. mushrooms <laughs> and the mashed potatoes, like oh man, so no that that's my best bite for sure. Um, did that you take a picture also, of it? I don't think I did, but I did take a picture. They make their own rye bread, so I made a point of taking a picture of the rye bread because that felt nice. super Estonian. um And I just I I can remember the taste of the mushrooms so well that I didn't want to sully it with some kind of uh picture. You know, just it's just me and the mushrooms yeah, for yeah, it, yeah. in my mind.
1: That's fair. Um, you can have yeah, that. Very very
0: good. <laughs> The meatballs were whatever, but the mashed potatoes with mushrooms were so, so good. Um, So that's bite yeah. site. I'm glad I climbed the bell tower. It was cool because you could, like, look over at the wall. Um, And a lot of these towers are still intact. The main tower, one of the main, like, tower points along the wall, like, literally has notches out of it from cannonball. From, like, old times when people would come to the walled city and try to take over Talon... Eight, like medieval siege warfare so it's kind of like so dramatic cannonball. yes <laughs> um, calm
1: down oh my god yeah.
0: so that tower both from like walking up to it and also looking down on it from the the bell tower is probably my best sight Can you
1: imagine just shooting a cannon <laughs> that's so it wild be, like,
0: people must have been so deaf (laughs) (laughs) you know it's probably just as well that the like average lifespan was like 43 or whatever because like you're not gonna have a lot of senses after Mm. much longer than that anyway Yeah, no, that, oh God, like the ratio of the cannon itself just exploding on you to actually functioning. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, they use them a lot, so I guess they had it figured out, but
1: (laughs) it doesn't seem like that there was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
0: I wouldn't guess that there was very intense safety protocol around the whole thing, but. (laughs) yeah memory I mean it was really fun to just kind of walk around and take the whole thing in but my that restaurant with my friends so we we had a fun night that was actually the friend who I this is our fourth European country that we've met up in she's the one that works in Spain so she was in town as well and that's the group that I was with so it was just fun to like get dinner with her and And we're like, wow, this is country number four. Yeah, that's so so cool. Keeping the tally going. Yeah, Yeah. seeing the world together. yeah, exactly. And it's fun because like I met her like literally right before I moved to Italy. So this is like we moved out here at the same time. Um, It's just like our work lives have been very parallel. And it's fun to like also take time to like visit places together and stuff. So yeah, that's that's, that's totally the memory. Good. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, that sounds really fun. Any other last tidbits or thoughts on the trip? Should people go to Estonia?
0: <laughs> Absolutely go to Estonia. Oh, it, it stays light so late. Like, oh yeah! What a time of year to be there. Yeah. How late, so, how like, late did it, the sunset? Um, I think sunset
1: was like, did the sunset technically?
0: <laughs> technically, it probably was in the like ten forty five to eleven o'clock is probably like what the weather forecast said for sunset, but it was mm-hmm. light until midnight. Wow, easily. That's yeah. really cool like and then it would I mean I wasn't awake at 4 a.m but that's like around when it, the sun was coming up again wow. so on the other hand I definitely wouldn't want to be up there in like January exactly um, yeah yeah um, it's a trade-off but absolutely go to Tallinn go to Estonia and I don't know if we've had this conversation on the pod yet but like I feel like I have very specific ideas about what a Cruise it, like a luxury cruise is coming from yeah. North America and like just going, you know, Caribbean really, it's just a party boat, right? There are a lot of like cruise lines in um Europe that are legitimate ways to get to a lot of cities in the area. And I think a Baltic cruise is definitely one that I would be interested in because you're going to Copenhagen and Stockholm and Helsinki and Tallinn, like, there's so many towns just along the Baltic Sea there that you can get to all on one ship and as no annoying as it is to pull into a port with thousands of other people at the same time like I do think that'd be a cool way because all those countries that are close, so close together it'd be a shame to like literally fly from one to the other I think it'd be yeah. to do it to a cruise so That's I never cool. thought I'd be a cruise person but if yeah. there's one that I would consider a Baltic cruise is one that I would consider
1: yeah nice um so, yeah. That is really cool. Okay. Um, can we get into things Sarah has learned about Estonia from the internet (laughs) slash the bachelor?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear what the bachelor version of Estonia is.
1: Okay. One thing I learned from the internet and then it reminded me of the bachelor was, have you heard of wife carrying? Nope. (laughs) It's an Estonian contest where males race with like, they're carrying. I don't actually remember. It must've been on their backs, but I don't, maybe there's creative ways to carry. I don't know, but they carry, it's basically a man carrying a woman. I think that, I'm sure, I don't know how old it is or anything like that, but I'm sure it came about as like always a wife, but they did that. Like they like entered one of those contests on the one-on-one date where the bachelor, um, Zach, like carried his date in that contest. I don't remember if they won or not, because obviously I didn't retain that much of the bachelor, but that's a job
0: I could do. I could be- (laughs) The batch researcher. They're like, all right, our funding will cover this country. So this is the country that we're going to go to. Find something for them to do there. Make it the weirdest traditions you can find. And like, <laughs> I, I volunteer for that job.
1: I'm not sure how weird of a tradition it is. Like I... I think it's still pretty oh wow wait sorry I'm glancing at the Wikipedia and it says that it was actually first introduced in Finland so it's it's like popular I think in Finland Estonia and Sweden and so I say Finland, popular but exists
0: you can on a clear day see Finland from That's Estonia cool. they're 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 like a very narrow channel apart like made me a sure like i think it's a shorter distance than the english channel like very That's close really together cool. so they share a lot of cultural heritage which is it's cool because yeah. like estonia is you like continental european it's eastern european it's like northern nordic kind of european it's finnish like it's it's got a lot of close ties to to everything and um, I didn't have a good ear for the language, um, but it does have its own language, but I think it's got like a lot of cool influences on it as a language itself. Anyway, hmm. it doesn't surprise me that it's a Finnish tradition because yeah. I think culturally Finland and Estonia
1: share a lot. That makes sense. That's really cool. I didn't know you would have been able to see Finland. That's that's very interesting. And also on the Wikipedia that I'm learning as I look right now. So the classic style is a classic piggyback but the Estonian style is wife upside down with legs over the neck which is definitely what they did on The Bachelor. I can picture it now. <laughs> so um, I maybe will find a picture of that from The Bachelor but I think your pictures are probably worth the. real estate on the Instagram. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so that's an interesting tradition. And then another thing I learned is something you touched on quite a bit in the history. So you probably definitely know it, but Estonia is very non-religious basically. Like they're high on a list of countries that are not super religious. I think I read somewhere that it was like 14% of people. In Estonia, say that they are affiliated with a religion. Um, and then I just Googled it to see what it compares to other countries because I don't really know the like standard necessarily. But it's like according to Wikipedia, it's essentially the number three least religious in the world country, if that makes sense.
0: Wow, that's pretty high up. I would believe it partially because it kind of got jerked around by yeah, different countries coming in to try to enforce religion, but the sense I got at the museum was like. They wanted to be able to live their life and make money the way that, you know, through their trade. Um, Mm -hmm. They weren't really concerned about an empire. They weren't really concerned about having this dynasty, like a political dynasty. They wanted to be able to live their life, fish, you know, farm, do do what they needed to do.
1: Nice. Yeah. As you were explaining it, I was like, she's not going to be surprised by this if she didn't already especially know it. But do you know another country that ranks in the top five that you've been to?
0: That I've been to?
1: I mean... Again, top five, like, least religious, essentially.
0: Yeah, least religious. I don't know. What What do you have in mind? If you're going to say Japan, I don't know how to... I would push back on that.
1: <laughs> I am going to say Japan. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's interesting. I I think some of that is the Western philosophy concept of religion is a very... Yeah, that's what I'm um, thinking. Because China's up there, too. Institution yeah no those both had massive buddhist influence influence and then i mean communist china is its own thing for its own reasons i think without the introduction of communism it would have had a different trajectory in terms of buddhist influence in the nation i would agree that maybe in whatever poll this was a lot of respondents wouldn't classify themselves as religious and I guess that's the only question that they're asking
1: yeah they it's it's religious affiliation essentially so yeah um, I guess that's
0: fair but I think culturally there's a lot of influence on like just their mannerisms um from past philosophies and I think again part of that is like The not American, but like Western concept of religion being like this place we gather once a week for an hour and these rules we follow, like a very scripted, formal relationship with religion. Um, Some of the Eastern religions, like Shinto and Buddhism, are not as formal, hierarchical, more ways of thinking. So I think they definitely influence the culture of Japan still. But it's fair if you if you ask a Japanese person in the street, especially a young person, are you religious? I would believe that their surveys in the top five. Sure. But I think that's, that's complicated coming from Westerners, um, and what they yeah. see as religion. Cause I do, like I said, I think it's still an influence in the way people think and the way they interact with each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got. Uh, I didn't do too much Googling, but it was fun to like learn. I mean, I, I, learned for two seconds from Google, but for a lot of time from you. And it's been really cool to learn about Estonia because I barely even knew it existed. So um, this has been a fun, I hope other people liked learning in this episode because it's a very learning episode.
0: Yeah, I think it was just a nice mix of things because this was right after my trip home. So I didn't really like honestly have a lot of thought or preparation. I just kind of went to Estonia. And so I hadn't done a lot of research before. And I think every other country I've been to, not to like harsh on Estonia at all, mm-hmm. the other countries I've been to have huge historical events, right, have been players on the world stage in and in- big ways like and I have some level of association or or like preconceived notion about these countries before I get there and so Estonia was just this blank slate and I was like I want to learn about you yeah Um, so it was really fun yeah yeah that's a cool
1: experience to have
0: yeah everybody go to Estonia
1: (laughs) well awesome uh thanks for telling us about it I don't don't, of course I don't think I have anything for any other segments do you have anything what kind of did a lot um, of our just, segments throughout. <laughs> all of our podcast recommendation segments just
0: come back to Jukebox yeah. the Ghost. So. Yeah, we
1: can't keep repeating that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start instead reviewing various albums and our favorite songs from them and just make it a Jukebox the Ghost segment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, well, send us podcasts that you think we should like if you have any backwards um for the segment listeners. But... Yeah. I've just been in my, I actually have been listening to less podcasts since I've been home. So maybe I'll pick back up on some new podcasts listening in the coming weeks when I'm getting back to my solo living situation. But, uh, for now, I think we're good. <laughs> I don't think I've been yeah. booted in any particular special way. No new boots. Yeah. Nothing comes to not mind boot season, either.
0: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool well have fun in the rest of your time in Portugal I'm excited to hear more about it too yeah thanks for chatting yeah thanks welcome home um and (laughs) it's been fun
0: to record a podcast again for (laughs) the first time in a while yeah
1: yep I'm glad to be smelling that smell again
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right I'll talk to you later
1: talk to you later Bye.
0: bye 2245, 2300 Rachel. range. <laughs> <Sorry>. No. 1045. <laughs> it, it, hey, it's Europe, okay? <laughs> Literally, the rest of the world does it this way. <laughs> America's wrong.